One of the long-standing traditions at Bear Valley is that the director of the school give the opening chapel talk, but I'm going to break tradition this morning, and there's a good reason for that. This is a significant year because Michael Height has completed uh, 20 years of being on the faculty of the Bear Valley Bible Institute. And I remember going back to the initial days of conversation with Michael and getting to know him and Lynn. And uh, Michael brought such a tremendous level of knowledge and experience that it uh, became apparent to me that we needed to tap into uh, that particular knowledge and experience. And I know uh, Michael's probably going to say a little bit more about the, the journey that he took to become a part of the school. But sometimes you recognize that a person has a skill set that you need. And that was the way it was with Michael. He had a skill set that we needed. He had a business experience that we needed. And so I was grateful that he was willing to uh, become a part of the the Bible Institute. What I didn't anticipate is what a good friend he would end up becoming. Uh, Our working together these 20 years has been one of the great blessings of my life. And something happened not too long ago where... um, I forget even what it was that happened, but Michael and I responded with the exact same words and the same tone of voice. And Lynn said, you guys have been together way too long. (laughs) Well, that's what happens when you work uh, as closely as Michael and I have worked uh, over the past 20 years. And he's been a a great blessing. He's been everything uh, and then some that I had hoped Uh, as far as his skill set was concerned, but certainly didn't anticipate uh, his becoming as good a friend as as he has become. And then also something that uh, the students, especially those of you that are new, uh, might recognize is that Michael was a relatively new convert when he became a part of the staff at Bear Valley. It wasn't because of his Bible knowledge that we offered him a position here, but it was because of his experience in the business world and in advertising and promotion that that we needed. So I didn't anticipate um, Michael growing in God's word the way he has. And I'm not someone that throws around the word scholar uh, uh, flippantly and carelessly, But Michael truly has turned himself into a Bible scholar. And the amount of time, the amount of work, the amount of effort that he has put in in these last 20 years is something that I've just watched in admiration uh, because of a genuine love for God and a genuine love for his word. And so uh, we're blessed to have him here. Uh, We're blessed. You are blessed to have him as an instructor, to get to know him as a man, Uh, but also as someone that really is very knowledgeable of God's word. And so because of this significant year and the fact that it is an anniversary year for Michael's tenure at Bear Valley, uh, I happily uh, gave him my spot to to give the opening uh, chapel lecture. And so, Michael, come preach the word.
Wow. Uh, all the jokes that I wanted to tell about Denny, I can't say now. <laughs> I have joked with Denny in the past that Paul had his thorn in the flesh and God sent me to be Denny's. And I think Denny has prayed more often than Paul did for God to remove that thorn. <laughs> but to my blessing, the answer has been no. And I have cherished my relationship with Denny, and, and I look up to him so much, and we have shared so much time together studying God's Word and working through problems. I appreciate uh, every minute I've had to spend. Welcome to your Bear Valley journey. As Denny mentioned, uh, I celebrate with you this week that 20 years ago, literally this week, I sat exactly where you were sitting. I understand the emotions. For some of you, it's just excitement. For some of you, it's terror. For some of you, it's uncertainty. For some of you, it's, it's just a desire to serve God. And, and we appreciate that so much. You know, Jesus said, the fields are white for harvest, but the workers are few. Well, you represent those workers, those people who still see the field is white for harvest. And we appreciate that so much. It encourages us so much to see your faces. I've enjoyed the last 24 hours seeing the upperclassmen come back and the smiles on their faces that they're back and can't wait to get back in the classroom and learn. I appreciate that so much and it encourages me. But I need to tell you that I think that when I came 20 years ago, I came for the wrong reasons. You know, I, I had watched men like Dave Chamberlain and Warren Wilcox teach and preach and Denny and others, and I wanted to know the Bible more. As Denny mentioned, I was a relatively new Christian when I had the opportunity to join the staff here, and I just wanted to know the Bible. Well, I'm going to tell you, and it's going to sound very strange, and I hope I can articulate my meaning by the time we're finished with this lesson, but... I don't believe that's the reason you should be here, is to just know the Bible better. You know, sometimes we look at college and higher education as the pursuit of knowledge. And when we look at the definition of knowledge, the dictionary defines it as facts, information, and skills acquired by a person through experience or education, the theoretical or practical understanding of a subject. Sometimes we can minimize what we're doing here to just facts and information. The acquiring of skills. Homiletics is the acquiring of the skill to speak to people. Evangelism, personal evangelism class is going to teach you the skills of teaching somebody the gospel. And while all of that is beneficial, you're going to hear from us quite often, and it's an often misunderstood statement, the Bear Valley is not about the academics. Now, before you jump for joy, let me clarify, this is an academic institute. We are going to measure your learning. We are going to give you tests. You are going to write papers. You are going to get grades. We're even going to, to announce a valedictorian at the end of your time here. But that's not to say that what we do here is academic. Certainly, academics are a part of it. They have to be. But we often, you'll hear us say, don't overemphasize the grades. And it's because of what I want to communicate this morning 
that we say that. I don't want you to de-emphasize your grades. I want you to learn. I want you to grow in your knowledge, your academic knowledge of God and his word. But more than that, scripture talks about something deeper, a true knowledge. And if you have your Bibles, and if you'll turn with me to 2 Peter for just a moment, we'll try to work through this text as quickly as we can. But Peter talks about the concept of true knowledge. And he begins in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, when he says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the true knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Notice that it is not that grace and peace is found and multiplied to you in the knowledge of the Bible. Now, I will argue that the only place that you can come to learn this true knowledge about God and Jesus is in the Bible. But that's not the goal is just to know the Bible. As a matter of fact, the Jewish leaders had difficulties with that. I think that's part of the problem in our culture today. Same problem that we had in the first century. Jesus in John chapter 8, verse 19, argued with the Jewish leaders and said, you know neither me nor my father. Now, how is it possible for the Jews who knew God's word inside and out knew it at every jot and tittle, if you will, but he accuses them of not knowing the Father. Because we can reduce our knowledge of Scripture to an academic exercise. We can reduce it to just facts and information, the passing of tests, the writing of papers, the preparations of sermon outlines that we have to turn in. And I would argue that you can graduate from this school with A-plus GPAs, and never come to know God, and never come to know Jesus as your Lord. You see, he says that grace and peace is multiplied to you, that favor of God and that peace of knowing that God guides you and directs you is found in your knowledge of God himself. These pages are more than just ink on a page. They tell you about a God who wants a relationship with you. I appreciate both both of the the welcomes this morning talked about the relationships and the people. That's what ministry is about. It's not just being able to quote chapters and verses. Be honest with you, Satan could do that, but it didn't help him in his relationship with God. Your job for the next two years is to develop a deeper relationship with God and with his son as Lord and master of your life to come to know him in every page. Mark chapter 7, verse 6, challenged the Jews by saying that these people honors me with with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. Never let Bear Valley become just an exercise of the mind. You have to engage your heart. You have to seek to love God and love his word. It is possible to know the book, but not the author. And if you graduate from here knowing the book, but not the author, we have failed. And I would argue you have failed as well. So many of you wrote in your applications that you wanted to come here to know the Bible better, to teach the lost, to be more effective in ministering to people. I would argue that that's going to come from your relationship with God, not just your technical skill with the scriptures. You have to love people the way God loves you. You have to learn compassion the way God has demonstrated compassion. 
And Peter goes on in this account to talk about this true knowledge and how we get it and and what it provides for us. And notice in verse 3, he says, seeing that his divine power is granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. We would say that this book contains everything pertaining to life and godliness, and I think we'd be right to a degree. But notice the next phrase. We have everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him. It's through that association with him that we have what we need to live and to become like him, to become godly, manifesting his characteristics to the world around us. It's interesting the word that he uses here for knowledge. You're going to learn this, upperclassmen, you should already know it. But there are two major concepts to knowledge in in the Greek language. One is a factual, almost academic knowledge. The other is an experiential knowledge. And that's the word that he uses here. You need to experience God. Now, I know that sounds metaphysical. And if we were streaming, I'd have to give, you know, a large disclaimer that I'm not talking about just feeling God in your heart. I'm talking about getting to know him through experiencing his leadership, allowing him to guide you step by step. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's how you get to know God, by allowing him to guide your steps, by looking to him for the advice that you need to live this life, and then manifesting those characteristics to the world around you. It's through this true experiential knowledge of him Now, I've explained experiential knowledge a number of ways. The one that I like the most is I can teach you in the classroom about skydiving. And when you leave the classroom, you're going to know a little bit about skydiving. You're going to have knowledge. But if I put you in an airplane and take you up to 10,000 feet and open the door and push you out, as you are hurling at 150 miles an hour toward the earth, do you now know skydiving a little different than you did in the classroom? That's what he's talking about. That experiencing of of God as king and Jesus as master is a different kind of knowledge than you can learn in the classroom. Yes, we can test your, your academic knowledge of what you've heard in lectures, but the reality is the application of that in your individual life is going to be up to you. And that's something that we can't measure, but it is something that God will measure. And so we strive to help you come to know God deeper than you've ever known him before, digging deeper into his word and opening up the scriptures in ways that you've never seen before. Now, that's going to challenge some of you. You're going to hear some things that you haven't heard before. You're going to be exposed to some interpretations of scripture that maybe don't jive with what you've been taught in the past. You're going to have to wrestle with that. But in that process, you come to know the mind of God. You're seeking to know more about him than you know right now. The reality is, if you're only here to confirm what you already know, please go preach. Because they need you out there. And you already know everything that we can share with you. But the reality is, you're going to learn from this faculty. Every one of us is continuing to learn. The depths of scripture are deeper than you have time to study here in two years. And your teachers here are going to manifest to you a desire to know more. 
we're constantly learning. One of the, the great things that I love about being on faculty for the last 20 years is just sitting with men who love to dig into the word and have recognized they don't know it all and they want to know more and sharing what they know and asking you what you know and digging deeper. And it's not from an academic standpoint. It's about knowing God and enriching your relationship with him. Well, Peter goes on to explain that it's through this relationship with God, through this knowledge of God, that we escape the corruption that's in the world by lust. We become partakers of the divine nature. And then in a passage that I'm sure you're all familiar with, starting in chapter 5, he says, Now for this reason also, applying all diligence, in your faith supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. Notice that the list begins with we have to be diligent. Diligence is about work. It takes work to dig into the scriptures. It takes work to understand God. It takes work to submit to Jesus as Lord of your life. It takes diligence, a commitment. And you begin that commitment today here. There are going to be challenges over the next two years. As was mentioned by the upperclassmen, welcome. Sean did a great job of reminding you there are going to be times where it's going to be hard. You're going to get behind. You're going to feel discouraged. It's your relationship with God that's going to get you through that. And your relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ that will pull you through. You look to him to lead you. But notice he says that it is in diligence that we add to our faith moral excellence. You know, he just used that same word back in verse 3 when he said that we were called by God's own glory and excellence to be excellent. That's what you're here for is to change your behavior, to change your character, to be more in line with God. Well, how can you align yourself with a God you don't know? How can you align yourself with a master you don't serve? Our job and our goal is to add to our trust, and I would argue that you all trust God. You're here. The fact that you are here proves that you trust God. You've stepped out on faith to follow this adventure and this journey. Now to that faith, add moral character. Well, where do you find that? You find that in the pages of Scripture. You find that as you study and learn about God and Christ. And you're going to find that in your assignments and in your work here, if you will allow yourself to. As was mentioned, sometimes we end up thinking of our assignments simply as academic exercises. But as you study the creation, you're going to come to know God's power. As you see him in the garden, you're going to come to know his authority. As you Study things like the flood in Sodom and Gomorrah. You're going to understand his wrath and his anger. You watch the lives of the patriarchs and the judges. You'll know his leadership. You study the life of Joseph and you come to know his providential care. You watch his people wander in the wilderness and you come to know his care and protection and guidance. You study books like Leviticus. You come to know his holiness. You look to the Psalms and you find the, the value of a relationship with him as David pours his heart out 
in the pages of Scripture and talks about that relationship that he has with God, both the highs and the lows of that relationship. And we have those same highs and lows. We look to the Proverbs, and as we study Proverbs, we see the wisdom of his guidance to guide our steps, to lead our lives. We look to the prophets, and we see his pleading and his patience with an obstinate and stubborn people. And brothers and sisters, we are that same obstinate and stubborn people. And we can know that he's going to be patient and plead with us as well. In the captivities, we see his discipline. In the restoration of the Jewish nation, we see his faithfulness, bringing them out of those captivities. In the coming of Christ, we see his faithful promise-keeping. In the teachings of Jesus, we see his righteousness and compassion for the lost. In the cross, we see his love and his sacrifice. In Acts, we see his forgiveness. In the epistles, we see his plan and guidance for the church. In Revelation, we see his glory and the opportunity that we have to return to his presence. Every step of this journey will teach you about God and who he is. And it's our job to add to our faith the same moral excellence that he has. And we learn those characteristics from scripture. But again, if we just learn them academically, we miss the point because notice he says, supply moral excellence. And in your moral excellence knowledge, again, seeking to know him more, seeking to understand him from the pages of scripture and to that knowledge, now action, self-control. And in that self-control, you recognize that you need to be self-controlled more than once in order to accomplish the character of God. And you need perseverance and endurance to have that self-control. And in that self-control and perseverance, you manifest godliness as an external character to the world around you. This is where Peter's list shifts from just an internal quality to an external quality. Godliness is about demonstrating to the world that we serve the almighty God because we have a relationship with him. I think this is the challenge that we have in our culture today evangelistically. We want to preach against sins like homosexuality to a culture that doesn't know God. It's kind of like me telling you, my father doesn't like what you do, so you should change. Well, the answer is, but he's not my father, so why would I care? We've got to teach them to know who God is. We've got to show them what God has done. They've got to come into some relationship with him before they're going to submit to him. And I'm going to argue that you need to do the same. If you haven't come into that relationship with God, you're not going to submit to his authority. There's going to be a point in time in your journey here where you're going to say, that's a line too far, and I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to obey. I'm not going to submit. But the reality is that if we have that relationship with him, we want to serve him. We recognize what he's done to us and for us. And so we manifest his characteristics to the world and through those characteristics, we express brotherly kindness. And in our brotherly kindness, we can manifest self-sacrificing love just the way he did. We learn those qualities from him, but not to put down on a piece of paper during a test. We learn those qualities to live them in the world, to be the lights that he would have us be. And notice he says in verse 9, Excuse me, in verse 8, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful into that true knowledge that he's been talking about. 
This is the way you come to know God. It's through faith and through applying moral excellence and in that moral excellence, seeking more knowledge and in gaining that knowledge, putting it to practice in self-control and perseverance and in the perseverance, demonstrating that godliness to the world around us through kindness and brotherly love. Notice in verse 10, he says, Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. Notice it's in the practice of these things, not in the knowledge of these things, that you will never stumble. It's one thing to know it. It's another to do it. And you have to be willing to move beyond just the academic knowledge to the doing. I know I'm going to get grief for this. James said, be doers of the word, not merely hearers who've deluded themselves. We can delude ourselves into believing that we have a relationship with God and that we know him, but our actions testify to the contrary. We show our relationship with him through our actions, and it's in the practice of these things that we will never stumble. Verse 11, for in this way, in the practice of these things, in this relationship that you now have with God and Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord, our master, who is now our savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you. Notice he becomes your savior when he becomes your master. He can't be your savior unless you have that relationship with him and come to know him. That's what you're here for. Students, be committed to knowing God. Look to your assignments. When you're writing the paper on women's role and you're on the 20th page and you're struggling, remember that you're understanding God's mind in that doctrine. His plan for the church and his roles that he wants us as his children to fulfill in the church. When you're writing that paper on MDR, understand that God is communicating to you his plan for marriage and what he wants from his people. When you're writing that paper on Old Testament kings that I know is coming, seek to understand why God is so upset with the Canaanite gods and why that is his protective care is being manifested so much and getting rid of those out of the lives of his people. Seek to find God in the assignments. Teachers, show them God in your teaching, in your assignments. We all have to be reminded that it's not just our job to give them the academic knowledge, but to show them God, not just in the classroom, but in our lives as well. To show them that we have a relationship with Jesus as Lord of our lives. We submit to God as King. Brothers and sisters, over the next two years, come to know God as supreme creator, as reigning king, and as tender and loving father. And that will prepare you for the ministries ahead of you. Because then your preaching and teaching doesn't just come out of an academic background. It comes out of a heart that knows God and wants to share that joy with others. It comes out of a heart that wants to help others come to know him the way you know him, to see that personal care that he's given you. And they can come to know the Father. And then we can teach about the difficulties of life 
and the sins that we need to get rid of. Brothers and sisters, may God bless us as we seek to spend the time in the classroom and together seeking to know him and to manifest him to the world around us. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Michael. I, I, I couldn't help but think as uh, I was listening to what he was saying, was thinking this is a man that has done what he's admonishing us to do. And as he has grown in his knowledge, it's been obvious that his dedication to God and his relationship with God is that which has grown as well. And so uh, a beautiful merging between information, biblical information, but also relationship. And, um, you know, I think that if uh, Michael was given a lecture on restructuring or rebuilding a motorcycle, he'd have five references from James in that somewhere. Um, I'm just pretty sure about that. 